0: uh hi hello steve not speaking the english uh <laughs> you call a wrong number mister how racist is that <laughs> dave who is this <laughs>
1: Hi, Steve. How you doing? Um, my name's Dave, Dave Gorkudger
0: <laughs> from Albury. <And> ha- wh- <laughs> Why are you calling me on this number? It's not like I've heard from you for a month. I think it might be two months. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. In fact, I have to say it was pretty disconcerting to have somebody say to me, um, basically they, they in internet matters, tapped their foot and went, uh, guys, <laughs> what are you doing? You've look, been a busy boy, Dave Goulcher. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: but I've been slack too, Stephen. <laughs> I've been very, very slack. I've, uh, look, I think, I think the, the, the problem is that the, the busy parts of your life and the busy parts of my life don't overlap
0: very well. Oh, <laughs> <that>? <laughs> What do we do to fix that up? Because that's pretty shocking.
1: I think we might have to actually look. I know this is very unlike us, but I think we might actually have to schedule in a plan of when we call
0: each other. <laughs> How sad is that?
1: <laughs> so, well, look. Yeah. Now, now, look. It's good because because it, it's it's ridiculous that it's been two months since we caught up. I
0: know.
1: It, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, if we had a, had a chance to have a call in the last two months, we might have actually been able to talk about incels, which was on our list before one of them went and, you know, massacred people. Um, <laughs> no. So, like, now I'm not sure that we want to revisit that topic. No. Oh. Scrub it off the whiteboard. Yep, that one can go. Um, let's see. Uh, we do, we do get
0: to have a great conversation about Barnaby Joyce we and Vicky do. Campion, but that, that can happen later. <laughs> we can, we can happen I later. need to find out why you've been so gosh darn busy, Dave.
1: Uh, no, I've been more. It's just disorganisation, Stephen. Um, I have done a bunch of cool stuff, though. So yeah, I, I, I think what, what got us off the rails, mm-hmm. by us, I mean me. Was It was uh, the school holidays, because we went and had a couple of weeks up on the Gold Coast. Yeah, was it
0: the holiday that you were an hour away from me and didn't want to see me? (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Wow, that's (gasps) I was
1: really busy!
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) I saw the photos from you and your wife. Just relaxing, enjoying a book. You know, how great are holidays? Get stuffed, you people. (laughs) Like, you live 11 million hours away, and then you come on holidays less than an hour. No, sorry, too busy, can't catch up. We had another family with us. Oh, who
1: cares? (laughs) We do because we invited them to come with us. We thought it might be a little bit rude.
0: No, you just go. These are our idiot friends that we don't (laughs) know. We don't know how they know where we are. Whatever.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, Steve. I I didn't want to hurt you. No, I I I understand. That's fine. Didn't didn't want to make you cry. (laughs) (laughs) Starting
0: to sound like a bad
1: 90s band song. 80s, dude. Come on. Sorry. (sighs) But anyway, so that that sort of sort of threw things out. Then back to work. And and yes, work has been a bit hectic. So the whole, let's just you know, take a sneaky hour to mm. give Steve a call during the week. Like it just doesn't exist at the moment. <laughs> and then and hockey season started, so I'm busy yes. on Saturdays and you're busy on Sundays, and it just mm. you know it's just oh, it's very very bad. And look, and and in my defence, Steve, in my yes. defence, in the past when I was you know trying to have regular conversations with someone and they were recorded Mm. and put on the internet. When I, like, cracked it and didn't want to do it, like, Will Anderson or Tom Ballard would fill in for me. (laughs) 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 And for some reason that doesn't happen anymore. I'm not quite sure. Clearly because
0: we're not as important as we thought we were. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
1: I'm not quite sure how the audience profile has changed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but 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 but, hey, but hey, in my defence, you're the one who knows all the famous people. Well, you, you know, I, I I saw you swanning around on your your Instagram story and all this sort of stuff at the the a Logies nominations announcement. So you know, come on, yeah. You know, if, if we need to get a guest, Dave, to to pretend to be me, you're the one who knows all the all all the cool people.
0: Well, look, and, and there are still possibilities that that could happen. Um, <laughs> The difficult thing is, that, and this is going to make you feel even better, the only reason I was at the Logies nominations thing was A, I was invited, but B, because for the next four years, the Logies are on the Gold Coast, which is uh, less than an hour from where I live. So I was able to go to that because it's just down the road, a short drive... And be there and see my friends in Television Land, and talk to the ones that I'm allowed to officially talk to, and <laughs> you, unofficially hang, talk hang to the people.
1: Is does that, that mean you're allowed to talk to everyone except for the ones from Channel Seven, the
0: Channel Ten?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, it's t- I thought it was 7 you got banned from.
0: Oh, well, seven's in and out because I then saw the Channel 7 Brisbane PR lady and we had a lovely chat and we interviewed her two people that she had there and she was very magnanimous and said, yes, let's have that coffee that I've been saying we should have for the last two years. Mm. Um, So that sounds positive.
1: So hang on, how did you get blackballed by Channel 10?
0: Look, I I was thinking about that, honestly, Dave, and I, I have a theory, but I don't know because they won't tell me because oh, i I don't think they want to officially say you did this wrong without proof because I didn't do anything wrong. It's just easier for them to go, we don't like you, you can't talk to our people um so at the at the the Logies nominations party there was heaps of people there from ten um heaps from nine because nine are obviously the broadcast hosts um two people is, hang, hang
1: is 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 that why a current affair got a logie nomination? <laughs>
0: I don't know why, but certainly <laughs> Tracy Grimshaw got a gold leggy nomination, her first ever. Um, there was two from Seven, one from the ABC and none from SBS, and about well, three from Foxtel. the all went worth stuff.
1: To be, to be fair, if anyone from the ABC or uh, SBS had been there, uh, it would have come up in estimates later on as, as to why they were oh, <laughs> wasting taxpayers'
0: money. Don't even start me. Um, yes, it probably would have. Anyway, I think I worked out. So do you remember... So Hamish McDonald, who who is filling in or does stuff on the project, yes. uh I yep. think mainly on Sunday nights now. Look, um, I, he's a great guy. I,
1: I I remember Hamish McDonald from when he was on the ABC. Yeah,
0: I'm not I'm not familiar with his more recent work. Well, he's he's even back there. I think he's filling in doing um, Radio National breakfast while Fran Kelly is on long service leave. Okay, uh, which makes it listenable. Um, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Or did I just oh wow. Well.
1: We just lost a whole bunch of our demographic. <laughs> yeah,
0: they really care. Um, <laughs> so uh, he had, so before he was on the ABC, I think hmm. this is right, because yeah. um, he was at Al Jazeera, came and did a thing for 10, then went to the ABC, and then is back on 10, but in freelance mode. Sure. Um, when he was on 10, he did a, a very excellent, but short, like four part documentary series. Uh, that they were pitching him as the next big thing and they were kind of going to make it serious and spend a lot of cash on it anyway. He did a tour, because um, I got to interview him for my podcast back then. Um, he did a tour of uh, universities and spoke to first-year journalism students, showed them the first episode uh, of this show, which I can't even remember what it was. That's how good I am. Um, and then, uh, you know, took a and a session with them. Now, I didn't see that, but I did get to see the first episode. So it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Anyway, somebody said, Hey, Malk, did you know someone has put the the first episode of his show up online? So this is before TenPlay was really even kicking. So it's about five years ago. Right on. Um and, and I went... Now, I, I did make a, dis- a mistake, Dave. I didn't just immediately contact Ten and go, Hey, you guys, someone has pointed this out that this is up online here. Because, of course... They did it anonymously. Mm. No one said, oh, my name is Jerkface, and I'm the guy that put it up. Um, I said, so I didn't go to them first. What I did was, hey, if you want to see Hamish McDonald's and you show the first episode, someone's leaked online and linked it and published it.
1: And you think that's why they might be cranky?
0: I think they think I did it. I don't know how that's the case, though, because I, I had to go up to Channel 10 to see it. Like, they wouldn't let me have... Back then, they were still doing DVD send-outs. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me go up. They wouldn't send me a copy. Um, and then uh, I wasn't at the, the Q&A, like, university thing. Right. So, so have you been I don't be, know how I could a, have done it.
1: Have you been persona non-grata with him for five years? Oh, it feels at least that, if not longer. Wow, That, that, that's, that
0: that's... To give you an example, harsh. it's only been the last 12 months, in fact, the last six months, that I've started receiving... Channel 10 press releases again via email. (laughs) Like, and there's two parts to that. One is them feeling magnanimous enough to do it. And the other part of it is we obviously don't want Mog to promote our stuff so we won't send him any of the gear. Um, I still don't officially have access to their um, uh, preview portal. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I can't preview their shows. In fact, Todd Sampson's new show, Body Hack, which depending on when people listen to this, has just launched or has been on for a week or whatever. Um, he contacted me personally and said, hey, do you want to see my new show? And I went, I'd love that. So I saw the new episode of it a week ago because he sent me a Vimeo link. <laughs> right. Oh, God. And, like, uh, and th- this is how bad it is. I, I At the Logies Noms, I said to Grant Denyer, who was there, nominated for the Gold Logie and all that sort of stuff, hey, Grant, would love to chat. Now, when I introduced myself, hi, Grant, Steve, he was Steve Morg. And we had a big, you know, oh, it's great. Look, I've just got to go sit down, but I'd love to chat with you later. It would be excellent. And between him sitting down and him getting up and going, have a, having a photo with all the other Gold Logie nominees that were there, and him then walking past me and said, "Um, I, I'm not allowed to. They oh, said, I can't. no. Oh, he,
1: boy.
0: The words came out of his mouth that said, I'm not allowed to. Wow. What? <laughs> So the head of Channel 10's PR, Kat Donovan, was at this event. I got to meet her face-to-face. Hi, I'm Steve Malk, I said innocently. Oh, hi, I'm Kat Donovan. Oh, Kat, I've been emailing you. Because for the past two years, on and off, I'd go, Hi, Kat, would it be possible for me to get access to blah, 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 and do those sorts of things? And I've got a response varied from, no, not yet, we're still considering it, and radio silence. Um, And she went, oh, but you couldn't have. I've been on maternity leave. And I said, I know. So she played the big, I don't know who you are thing. I know exactly who you are, bitch. Um, it, this isn't meant to wow. be about me. I wanted to hear about you. So it was a crazy afternoon. Super fun.
1: What a um, petty
0: industry. Oh, the worst, mate. In fact, it, get this. So back when I was in the good books with 10, the first year of the living room, I went, I flew myself down to Sydney for something and I contacted them and said, look, can I go to a taping of the living room and speak to the cast? And they're like, yeah, like we'll take all the PR we can get. So I got um, like fifteen minutes with Amanda Keller and Chris Brown and Barry Dubois and Miguel Maestri. Each just sat down and talked to them and interviewed them and, and recorded it and put it up online and all those sorts of things. They loved me and I, you know, I like them. I like what they do with the living room. Don't have a bad word to say about it. Um, I just you know, talk them up and, and and always been supportive of the stuff they do. Amanda Keller, also nominated for the Gold Logie, as I'm leaving, pulls me up and says, hey, thank you for your support of the show. We've all really appreciated it. You were the first one to get behind us, and we think it's (laughs) marvellous.
1: What a pity that she couldn't pass that on to someone. I might have
0: unofficially recorded it, but that's why I can't put it out.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. What a crazy, petty... Ridiculous industry.
0: I was reflecting on it with Nick, who I went down and covered it all with, uh, and was just talking about the fact that it it really is so horrible that these PRs are living in such a 1980s understanding of what it means to promote your TV network that they think it's okay to ban someone from talking to your people when I have direct access to any of them that are on Twitter. I can just DM them and ask them questions and have conversations. And I do. <laughs> like, yeah, that's their problem. All of the PRs have kind of almost had to begrudgingly accept that I exist because I've said, hey, I'd love to interview you. And at various times, and they've all gone, oh, yeah, great. Just talk to this person. I said, I have asked them. I need you to ask them.
1: What a w- weird, weird industry.
0: So it's then meant that all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, Malky. That's fine. Come and over, talk to such and such. Great. But, yeah, Channel 10, hate Mulk hate mulk. in fact i had a massive twitter rant the other week about 10 daily when it launched Uh, their big new online who knows what the hell it's supposed to be portal thing um and uh i just was like you know i'm going it's like good on 10 daily they've hired some great people this is the this is a website that they've created that no one asked for like it's exactly the same thing as the guardian and junkie and everything else there's no reason for it to exist It makes no sense that they're throwing all this money at it. Consequently, I don't think these people will be given the chance to really prove what they can do because 10 will go, oh, we're not getting where we need to go. We're going to pull money on this and we're going to turn it into nothing. Um, And I said towards the end of it, um, oh, and hi to all the guys in Channel 10 PR, particularly Kat Donovan, who I know will get this printed out and handed to her at the Monday morning (laughs) meeting. But again, maybe you are catty enough to be dealing with TV. Oh, look, I, I never used to be. I'll say it's been response to this. Like, I'm, I'm happy with, to deal with just about anybody. And I know, I also know my place. In fact, I probably play that a little bit too often. Because, air quotes, I'm just a blogger, right? I'm just a guy that runs a TV website. The problem is that I've got 12,000 people that care what I think on one account. I've got 24,000 people that care what I think on another account. Um and so I've got the opportunity to spread their word. There'll be some crossover, but let's be generous to about thirty thousand people. Mm-hmm. That's better than the the um, daily readership of a bunch of news t- newspapers.
1: That it is. That it is. Well, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, if it wasn't for your Twitter accounts, I would not know what's on television at all. <laughs> That's fair.
0: And, the, and the, that goes for a lot of people. And in part, the only reason that I haven't sort of blat- blanked it and started again with my primary Twitter account is because of some of the A, relationships, and B, followers that I have because of that, mm-hmm. um, yep. that, I'm, that I get access to stuff. When I was at the thing, the Logies nominations, uh, an unnamed, well, for this com- purposes of this conversation, an unnamed journalist came and spoke to me. You might see this story pop up in The Guardian, just by the way, um, about how uh, seven journalists have left the newsroom that that person works for in the last 12 months. Now, normally, you can expect, expect one or maybe two, you know, that they're moving on or contracts run out, those kinds of things. Seven have left in a year. To add to that, all of the remaining journalists have been told that if they leave, they'll be pursued legally. What? I know. How crazy is that? That's just weird. So expect L- like, that like, to like, pop like, up, like, like under what? <laughs> I oh, know no. under what circumstances. I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. But the person uh, that is now news director yeah. of that network is so pl- problematic and has such an issue um, with the fact that nobody takes them seriously. So they go on the very heavy-handed approach. That all these great, you know, long-standing journalists that had great reputation and those sort of things have just left. At least two of them that I know have gone to work for government, like in press uh, advisor roles. Uh, at least two or three others I know have gone to work for work for corporate. Um, but they just left, and it wasn't even mentioned, and they vanished. Normally they make a bit of a noise about, you know, well done, such and such, you're going, blah, blah, blah. No, these guys just slunk into the night. There you go. So that story will pop up because I fed it to uh, Amanda Mead at The Guardian. (laughs) Um, Because I don't have, like, that's, uh, as much as I appreciate those people talking to me, I don't have, that's not my bag. You know, dare I say it, that's not my brand. Um, But I'm happy to talk to the right people and hear the stories and pass them to the right people. Hmm. That sounds good. Six degrees of separation and all that.
1: So anyway, after holidays. After
0: holidays, Dave.
1: (laughs) Then I got thrown back into work. Work was really busy. Work is really busy. You're still the boss,
0: right?
1: Well, you know, I'm doing I'm doing my bit. Like my
0: my, doing my bit.
1: Yeah, my bit of. Oh, okay, I'm doing my bit of my boss's job. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're taking it seriously, Dave.
1: I don't get. Oh, look, (laughs) Steve. Oh, you know what? Here's the problem, Stephen. And the problem is me. Yes. The problem, the the problem is, we got I there actually, quickly, didn't we? Yeah, I do pride myself on being good at things. Yes, and, don't we all? And, well, yeah. Looks, some of us are, are more in touch with reality than I am. But anyway, yeah. I <laughs> I do like to think that I'm good at things. Yes, and, and and Steve, let me tell you, wait, we you hear all these complaints about you know. Uh, Gen Ys and Millennials wanting their participation, you know, Mm. ribbons. Mate, let me tell you, Mm. you, if you line up a praise cannon and point it at me, I will do just about anything. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out that at least some people, like really high up in the hierarchy of our organisation, seem to have cottoned on to (laughs) the fact that a little bit of praise goes a long
0: way. That's right, blow some smoke up Dave's (laughs) ass and he will do whatever you need. Yeah, a, there,
1: but, but but again, I
0: like to think I'm good at stuff. And so when I
1: do get handed mm-hmm. all this stuff, I'm like, "Oh, well, I better get it done." And and you know, I for the most part I, I think I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and, and so, the, so the problem is like the more I actually appear competent at doing this stuff, the more yes. likely it is that I'm going to be, you know, asked to continue doing it. And yep. and, and, and I just can't bring myself like, like the easiest way to get out of it is just to be hopeless, and I just yes. can't bring myself to do that, Stephen. I just can't. <laughs> I just. Well, there's elements of pride in it, right? You've got to huge, be hugely, hugely. Yeah. So anyway, so oh, so, oh yeah. So I, we spent we literally we spent about three weeks where it just felt like everyone's hair was on fire. Yeah. Which is doubly bad for me because. Um, Gosh, if they're all crazy. B- b- well, well, it, it's it's doubly bad for me because I have, don't have much hair. Like, I have a number one haircut. So you set that on fire and, like, we, we start talking, like, blistered
0: scalps very quickly. Well, that's not actually what I was going to get at, but okay. <laughs> I mean, you, you can open that. You walk through that door yourself.
1: Uh look, uh, it's, it's, my, my job has turned into playing mental Tetris with a whole bunch of people and resources and trying to put them, <laughs> yep. at, 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 and, and. And I feel like I'm perpetually, with, with like, like it racked up about three squares from the top, just oh. just, just, crossing my fingers that it, like a straight four one will come down <laughs> and oh. give me a Tetris. That's what life feels like at work. That feels uh, painful just thinking about it, don't yeah, it? Yeah, so then we had that. Um, yes. But it hasn't all been bad, and, that, and that's calmed down a little bit. And then I've had I've Dury had Duty really did we yeah. talk about that no 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 because because it Holy ca- crap because it, the because the summons came in after i got back from holidays so no we haven't talked about that at all well so, that was,
0: and a quick run too i want to say
1: well no see i didn't get to I, oh i didn't get impaneled and i'm very very glad but we can talk about that at some point what else I did oh i went and saw the whitlam's great up in sydney at the metro which was lovely uh, and brought back flashbacks of uh, seeing the Torch the Moon album launch there and wow. realising that that was something like... You are s- that old. 16 or 17 yeah. years
0: ago. <laughs> it's like, oh. That's pre all the kids. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep, yeah, it
1: was. So, we, yeah, we saw Torch the Moon at the Metro and be back there again to see their anniversary show, which
0: was very Gosh. cool.
1: Yeah. And then, what else? Oh, I, got my, oh, I had my Christmas present. Mm-hmm.
0: Went down to... Oh, that's right. You're gin tasting. Oh, I went down to Heelsville for a, a weekend. What I did say was our date and not yours and Rachel's, but she seemed to have gone. <gasps> look, Stephen. Um, I put out, Dave. <laughs> look, mate. I'm a giver. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Oh, no, no, it's all right. Rachel's but, far more attractive than I am. But, but, but not she's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Uh and so, yeah, I'd be like all over the shop.
1: And, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, oh, I've been just doing stuff. And, and because of that, because I'm a horrible friend, I've been neglecting you, Stephen. And I'm sorry.
0: Mate, I have to say, if I'm going to be neglected for your family, that's totally fine. If I'm going to be neglected for your job, I understand that that happens. What if about jury gonna duty? if I'm going to be neglected <laughs> for jury duty, what well, stuff is stuff? If I'm going to be neglected because you go to the Gold Coast with other people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm only going to make you pay for this podcast. Don't worry about it. The ne- next episode, you'll be fine. This one, this is going to hurt.
1: Okay, okay. But you guys weren't even on holidays.
0: So? oh, We have well, weekends.
1: I, no, no, but we'll see. That's that's the problem. The weekend was when we actually had all the stuff like actually lined up because the people who were with us were only there for the weekend as well. And I can
0: kick my family off. Oh, like, I have days off up the sleeve, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, look.
1: Okay, until next time we're up there, you can come down and we will catch up and, and then I'll leave it to you to explain to Lily and, and Kelly why they can't see each other. It was school. <laughs> you with it. Um...
0: And, but just, and to boot, there are people mm. down on the Gold mm. Coast that I need to see for work. Uh. That I could have validated, I'm going to the Gold Coast to see these people for work and caught up with my friends who just happen to be on holidays. Just just quietly, I think there's a, a fair chance that the poor old caravan will get dragged up there again Good. before too long. So don't Reasonably worry. so, too, I have to yeah, say. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Well, not not, not this October, though. This October, mm. Cambodia is locked in. Great. Can I, off we go for three weeks. And, uh... Oh, I've got to tell you, Stephen, yeah. I am really looking forward to seeing my children react to uh, a developing nation, because yeah. I, I think it will be a little bit of an eye-opener for them. Oh, look, I'd <sighs> expect
0: it will be, and that's going to be the best part of it, right, it is seeing be. all of that happen. It will be. Anyway, we'll,
1: we'll, 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 we'll save that one until t- 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 it actually happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so things have been good. Things good. Have been, things have been hectic, Stephen. They've been hectic, but mm-hmm. they've been good. I like, uh, yeah, look, i tell you what, though. Going along to the Whitlam's on Friday night and yeah. looking around the crowd and it's just like, man,
0: when did the Whitlam's crowd get so old? Oh, Dave.
1: This <laughs> is like, oh, that's right.
0: This is where it worries oh. me, right? I haven't been to a live band in ages. Um, I suspect that when I next go, apart from having to go with the elite Katy Perry, um, but the, when I, like, say I go for fun... I'll just be sitting there, probably nursing my whatever drink and just going, it's too loud. <laughs> there are too many people. I like the music, but I'm just as happy to sit in my room and play a CD or MP3 or whatever. No, no. It's, I get it's, that there are benefits of being there. The atmosphere is the draw card, right? It is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. We're,
1: we're, we're actually, the Whitlam's uh, are coming to Albury as part of their tour, so I am going to see them down here as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, but it was fun seeing you up in, up
0: in the Metro, you know? It's a, it's a cool venue. Well, it's iconic, right? Yeah, like right. You just you can't write that off. It would be like, um, you know, going to see In Excess or U2 at Wembley Stadium or, you know, going to see um, Will Anderson uh, down in, uh, what is it, the Melbourne Theatre that he always does his shows in Melbourne, right? It's just a thing.
1: That is exactly it. So it was, it was good fun. It was a very cool set list lots of lots of memories uh yeah i, was, I yes liked it a lot so and and'm looking forward to i, I think there it i think it's only a couple of weeks until they're down here again, so Good. that would that will be excellent but um yeah, Oh, it's just been it, it, i like it 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 sort of blows my mind that i think it's been like five weeks or so since the school holidays like since i yeah, they'd be about right. So you just
0: had them after us, didn't you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so that, so that there was no overlap at all. Mm. Um,
0: but the middle it, ones are, line up, don't they?
1: Uh, I don't even know if they do this year. The um,
0: well, I think we're the first two weeks of July.
1: Uh, Where there might be one week of overlap. Because uh, yeah, so, so ours weren't until after the Commonwealth Games, and so it was really really weird going up to the, to um, the Gold Coast like after the Commonwealth Games and hearing all of the local horror stories and complaints and all this sort of stuff. Mm. All the um, bitching
0: and moaning on the TV about all of the... Oh, the driving and the... It's so difficult.
1: Well, and, and uh, again, talking to some of the local business owners up there, uh, they all had some pretty um, specific theories about why that was the case. Because apparently... At, and this would be no shock. But mm. over the time of the, the Com Games, the accommodation providers in uh, on the Gold Coast were, were trying to absolutely... Yeah, uh, squeeze as much as they could out of people and so apparently a large proportion of the people going to the games decided that it was worth driving down from brisbane rather than staying on the gold coast
0: yeah because accommodation was cheaper
1: and so consequently uh the gold coast ended up with all this vacancy because no one wanted to pay their outrageous
0: fees yeah well, we I, a guy that i work with he and his family had tickets to a bunch of things and they were, you know, they live in Brisbane. They were just going to use the the public transport option as a part of their ticket. Great idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just you've bought a ticket to the thing and you yep. can get on any part of the bus or rail network from Brisbane and get down to the Gold Coast for free as a part of your ticket price. Um, huge. Uh, and they were going to do that every day. And then he sort of did some nosing around and heard that things weren't maybe as booked as much as they were. And they got a steal for yeah. a place, down the like, la- in like, yeah. At the last minute, yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. Someone uh, down here I have to deal with for work uh, did the same thing. Basically, saw like the last minute. Like they weren't even going to the games. It was just like there were like rooms at the Gold Coast for next to nothing because mm-hmm. the prices had dropped so dramatically out of like like panic. Yeah, uh, and so off they went. So there you go. Dear. Who would have thought that greed wouldn't work out for you, Stephen?
0: i mean here we are you know it's uh, the 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 interesting thing was of course we copped um nine went hard because it was on seven uh nine went hard on you know all anything bad that popped up about or around (laughs) the com games who would have thought (laughs) like the opening ceremony transport issues uh the closing ceremony but i think everybody went hard on that um and then, of course, you know, the, the cafe owners and stuff. Where's our where's our big payday? You know, it's horrible. Why isn't anyone here? I think Broadbeach was just about a ghost town. Um, but apparently, up at of Paradise, it was like schoolies, but people with money. Um, it was just people with, like, they, cause this was the thing. Seven went and did a story there, and they showed some of the footage of just people everywhere. And then down at Broadbeach, which was meant to be a hub, no one. Hmm. Just because... It costs too much money to go and stay at Broadbeach.
1: Yeah, funny that.
0: <laughs> it's just, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, well, look, Steve. As long as, in the great Australian tradition of small business owners, they can blame the government. I'm sure everything will work out okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's marvellous. I mean, I mean, of course, of course, I'm sure that the cafe owners won't be there complaining about the accommodation providers trying to gouge people. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll be the government's fault because it always is.
0: And how horrible! Like, I understand that when in our system that we run and all those sorts of things, if you're in government, you have got to make the rules, and if you're in opposition, you got to bitch about the rules. Um, how, how? How sad is your life if during the Commonwealth Games, you, as the opposition, if the Queensland state government, have to stand up and do a piece to camera and say this government have ruined the Commonwealth Games? They're really not helping everyone's just the every again, they were like you go to for what's our bad thing to say about the Com Games today, and yeah. even even to the point when uh, was it them or was it the federal government? Um, I think it might have been state government bitching and moaning about the fact that a whole bunch of uh, people. Absconded, and apparently still on the run. Like they've they've dumped their visas and gone see or wear love in Australia now. Which
1: always
0: happens. Oh, it, the- it always happens. <laughs> it always There's no happens. question, but that the opposition blamed the state government for it. I was oh. Like what?
1: How does that work, guys? Oh, you not know, I actually saw uh, Peter Dutton before the games, beating his chest and saying how people weren't going to be allowed mm. to do it. And I'm just like. Mate, they're not planning to do it like <laughs> legally. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, it's
0: yeah. No one's walking into a church and claiming asylum.
1: <laughs> well, you wouldn't in Australia because they'll just get you, you know, put into our horrible gulags. Anyway, Ugh. let's let's not let's know. Let's, let's not tonight.
0: Yeah, not, <laughs> if we need to we keep it free. Here we go. Tell me about court case. What were you being jury oh, for? Yeah, well, this, I tell you what,
1: I the, so I seem to be like. A, a jury letter magnet, right? <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> like, so often I I'm, I get the letter saying right you're in the jury pool for this year. Great. Okay, I, like I get it a lot.
0: I've never uh, had it.
1: Yeah, neither's Rach. Rach has never never like she's never even been in the hey you might get selected this this year letter. Right. Wow. Um, I get that one a lot, and then I, I, I've also got summons quite a few times. Um. And a lot of the times when that was I was just because
0: you were young and needed the money,
1: <laughs> no, it's not how it works. But but uh, quite a lot, like quite often I've got a jury summons and then like a few days before you get a message going, trial's been delayed. You're out. Don't don't yep. worry about it. Don't show up. Um, and then on the previous occasion uh, that I actually got a summons that went through to it, I showed up, sat in the the uh, jury assembly room, and. It turned out that there was going to be a whole day of uh, arguments around points of law between <sighs> yeah, which the jury's not allowed to hear. So they said, yep. "You know what? We're not going to select the jury today. Off you go, go home." Um, At <laughs> least that was
0: sensible, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, so that that was that done. So then this uh, then uh, this one I've had this year I've had deferrals. I've had one where I couldn't go because I was going to be on holidays, uh, and then like I said, I got home from holidays, got this. Someone's going bang. couple of weeks time, you're up for this one. And it frightened the hell out of me because on, the, on the, the summons, it says, oh, the trial length is going to be four weeks. And I'm just like, oh, that's going to be awkward. Ooh. So, rock up there. It's uh, usually
0: pretty big if it's a four-week trial. Well, length.
1: yeah. Well, well, as it turned out, it's not. it won't be a four-week one, which is... So, I don't know whether they just do that like as a worst-case scenario thing or, or what they do. But uh, rocked up there, then you've got the, uh, you know... Uh, I mean, and, and, like, there's a whole list of things that you can do to sort of s- uh, claim that, you know, reasons why you shouldn't be there. And, like, if you're emergency mm-hmm. services personnel, um, yeah. if you're a solicitor, if you've got, um, like, caregiving responsibilities for someone, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And and they tell you, let us know this beforehand. Sure. And yet, <laughs> both times we've been in there on the morning of, there'll be someone absolutely having an argument with the sheriff about why they shouldn't have to be there. And it's just like, uh, why didn't you make this argument like two yeah. weeks ago? And all you had to do was
0: fill out a form and send it back. <laughs>
1: uh, so, so watching that sort of ring rolls all the way, it was interesting. And, and look, the, uh, the problem is, from my perspective, is it actually isn't that hard to get out of jury duty um, if you... Uh, either you're willing to sort of uh, be smart enough to figure out a way to fit into one of these categories, which are automatic. Yep, you're out. Yes. Or, or if you're prepared to lie to the judge, like really, really, like there's a whole like when it get, this when you get to the the section where they start uh, picking jurors for for the like to take you from the panel to you know, put you on the jury. Yes. Before they start that. So this is after the sheriff has already gone through people who've said that they think they should be excluded. Sure. Then the, then the judge will ask for a whole bunch of people who will be excluded on the grounds of, like, once you hear the charges, yes. um, then you can sort of say, no, I am not, I can't be impartial because of the subject matter. Um, yep. and, and if you do that, they just go, yep, no worries, you're out. Yeah, it's simple, like, right? But, but, and they don't even ask you why you would struggle to be impartial. Um, they're just like, no, okay, we're not going to ask you to reveal that in front of everyone. Done, you're out. So yep. quite literally, the only thing that's keeping you there is honesty, which is a good thing <laughs> for the most part. But um, it also means that that the jury pool ends up sort of looking a lot older than <laughs> society in general because these yes. people have fewer and fewer excuses about why they shouldn't be there. Hang on, uh, are you
0: suggesting, Dave, that our jury system is not representative of the multicultural melting pot that we are? Potentially.
1: Um, well, That's and then, outrageous. And then, of course, you've got the uh, prosecution and the defence who can challenge uh, particular yep. jurors. Uh, and in our case...
0: Uh, the jury was. So it's just like Bull or CSI or every other crime show on television.
1: No, it's actually not that exciting. Like, like literally, they, they so they go through the the first bunch of exclusions, mm-hmm. um, and then they draw pull the numbers out of a hat, like you, with your panel number, and yep. up, up you go. Uh, and twelve, they draw out twelve people, and then they get them to st- they call their number again and get them to stand up one by one. Um, and if they do, the the defense or the prosecution just says challenge and that person's gone that's it like no reason no it's just like don't want you now this case that i was uh potentially up for selection for was a child abuse case and so it was very interesting how yeah the number of young women were excluded very quickly by the defense um you're far too empathetic yeah that's my guess um so i gotta tell you Stephen. i look uh, after like it would have been a massive inconvenience in terms of work and stuff like that, but <laughs> I was I was yeah. like I was like no, nah, you know what, I could do this jury thing. And even when they they sort of said the uh, read out the charges, I was like, oh, I don't really want to hear this. This is mm. not. Uh, I thought no, look, look, I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna fib to the judge. I'm gonna hang out. And uh, so when my number did not get called. After all the because you know after they challenge people and they've got to go through a redraw and then maybe challenge them and then a redraw, and they did that a couple of times until they finally got their final twelve, uh yeah, I was not upset at all that my number did not get called Stephen oh, well. not upset in the least, but both from the convenience side of it and also from the I don't really want to listen to a week's worth <laughs> of evidence about yeah, about child abuse
0: yeah. that is yeah woof. About yep. the detail of how somebody hurt a child. Yes, it was not yeah. pretty, and there'd so, be yeah. like big blown up pictures and all sorts of things. Uh,
1: well, mm, yeah,
0: yeah. There would there mm. wouldn't be the official photos of evidence. So
1: well, well, it, well This was all historical stuff, so mm. it was all oh. a, bit, a bit, yeah, yep, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yes, yeah, so, but, but interesting process. Um, mm. And no doubt, given the way that, as I said, I'm, I'm a jury summons magnet, there's still like another. I think. Yeah. the I think the. I think the pools start in December, so there's still another, you know, five or six months in which I could be pulled <laughs> up for another jury yet. <laughs> and then, of course, there's always the chance that I could be in next year's pool, and w- w- which again would not surprise me in the least, because I the, the, the Justice How Department. That be the Justice Department just seems to love sending me letters. <laughs>
0: I reckon it's just that here's the Albury-Wodonga catchment area, and let's do a random name generator number thing that isn't really written properly. So because <laughs> you're a G, somewhere towards the middle, uh, they'll pull it up, and because you're a male, you're prioritised over your wife. Um, simples.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Do, yeah, well, it, it all just goes off the electoral roll. So, yeah, theoretically... Uh, my odds are the same as Rachel's, but again, like I said, I I get in the pool and get summonses all the time. She's never even been in the pool, <laughs> Just, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you on on the on the wonders of uh, <laughs> random selection.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Ah, oh, boy. I, um. So, yeah. So busy. Gin. Gin tasting was good. Yeah. Well, I love this. They call it a masterclass, Steve, right? Master a masterclass class. a masterclass at the at the Four Pillars Distillery down mm. in Deersville. What mate, what the masterclass really is is you rock up at 9:30. Um the <laughs> the distiller has already chosen all the ingredients that you're going to put in the still. He talks sure. you through talks you through the process and and you know the the 10 or 12 people in the class get the turn to actually pour the ingredients in. Great. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that, that's our contribution, and we do get our own like custom gin, like the the one that we get's not going to taste like their regular recipe. It is a you know nice custom one that's different from all the other ones that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not quite sure, oh, and there's lots and lots of gin tasting. I'm not quite sure, mm. as much as I enjoyed it, that I would necessarily think that masterclass is the best way to describe it, yes. because I'm not exactly been given the, the the knowledge to go back <laughs> and make bathtub gin
0: myself. Yeah, you know, you're not in a position to get the paddle out. No, and, um, yeah, yeah no.
1: but but it was good fun. Um, yeah, and we found another little distillery down there as well in, in Healesville, that do. I bought some moonshine. Of course, you did.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually really
0: nice. <laughs> of course, it is. Uh, and it'll fill your lanterns at night time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, yeah,
1: busy Steve. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. But just but more disorganised than busy.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's a, it's a fact of life, isn't it? That we seem to go through seasons of these things where stuff is simple and easy. And, you know, it can kind of fit stuff in. Everything seems to be pretty straightforward and and those sorts of things. And then uh, you go through other times, it's like, everything is just hard. (laughs) Everything is just difficult. Uh, Speaking of... Well, I was just going to say, I'm writing um, our office's strategy for how we engage in ministry with children, youth and young people. And I hate writing strategies, Dave. I think I may have mentioned this last time. It hasn't got any better. I'm mm. no better at it. And I'm just vomiting words onto a page. Um, we've got another meeting about it on Friday to follow up just where I'm at. Not, not. Um, it is to progress it. It is to say, yes, this is good, or just a couple more things around that. That's fine. Let's work our way through it. The last time we did it, we barely got past the first two paragraphs. Right. Um, that's fun. Hey,
1: uh... <sighs> I have a suggestion for you. Yes. Have you watched Wild Wild Country on Netflix?
0: Oh, I have seen the first episode, but I haven't com- completed the season. I oh. know what it's all about, though.
1: Yeah, so, so look, my, my, maybe you should just like take some notes there and add that to your strategy <laughs> document, because the Rajneeshi certainly seem to have no trouble engaging with young
0: people. Yeah, lots and lots of casual, guilt-free, open sex. Mate, you'd rev- revolutionise Christianity. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I, I would. I would have to say to you, Dave, that given how the Uniting <laughs> Church is being painted at the moment over its contemplation and conversation around letting ministers marry same-sex couples, do something that is now entirely legal. Uh, if I was to suggest that we would get a lot of young people to come to the church by allowing them to just have sex with whoever they want without any consequence, <laughs> that I might be. Uh, the first ever heretic um, designated <laughs> by the United Church ever. Listen, do they want to engage with young people or don't they? Oh, it's... I mean, I, lo- I love the... you the, I do deal a lot with youth and young adults uh, in my job at the moment, and they're all amazing, right? Some of them aren't necessarily very socially uh, adept. Some of them, um, like, they're not... Some of them aren't glamours, but that's life, right? And and I don't say that in any way to say that we should have more of either of those. It's just that the the reality and variety of the people that I deal with is incredible and awesome and amazing. And you look at some of those cultish kind of things, and while there are some weird, ugly people, mostly, they're all pretty good-looking weirdos. (laughs) They are, aren't they? You know? Because I don't know what it is, but somehow they managed to press a button and get all of the hot people to come and be in the sex cult. What's that about? I don't know.
1: Speaking of I was uh, uh, reading up about, uh, 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 this, this, how, how did I get here? I should start at the beginning. Okay. John Ronson did a, a podcast series, it was like six or seven episodes. Yes, he did. Um, All about, like, online porn. Yes. And, and the way that, um, like, you know, like the little company that owns Pornhub basically turned the entire industry on its head. Mm. And I got down to like a, a you know, a, a related links rat hole oh. until I started
0: No not like, not like that. Oh. <laughs> until
1: until I was reading about um like That's a euphemism on, for some about, sexual position, isn't it? About some online, sexual proclivity. Online dating sites. Yes. Uh, and the 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 most like the hilarious thing that I uh are, found through those articles was uh, the, the, the the company that owns um, Adult Friend Finder also owns a website called BigChurch.com which is a Christian uh, dating site. Of it is.
0: <laughs> but, but No, that's in America <laughs> particularly that is way more common and prevalent than you think. Like there's ChristianSingles.com, there is um, PastorsKids.com I think. Um, there's a, a raft of Christian focused dating websites. Now, let's put some, some layers of context in on this too. In America, it is still, and certainly in, in, in large parts of America, still extremely socially expected that you will be at church on Sunday. How you behave outside that you know hour or two hours that you're connected to church might be a whole other thing and might be just given that you can do whatever, but you come to church still, so that's okay. Um, but the, this this... For example, Dave, here in Australia, if you gave money to church by means of an offering or a tithe or whatever you want to call it, that's you just giving the church money, right? They already mm, get money from other sure. places, but that's you giving them money. In America, that's a tax deduction. Oh,
1: right. Yeah.
0: So consequently, churches are still so connected to or allowed, of course the benefit then is that connected ministers are... Uh, or pastors are then able to code to big business and say look if you just come and you give give some money of course you get the benefit the benefit of the tax thing we get to do the lord's work you know go with god that you might
1: know, t- that, that that might help fill in my the the gap in my knowledge about why there seem to be 732,000 denominations of little independent churches throughout the United States but it doesn't I'm, take
0: much to get classified as a church and claim tax yeah the tax yeah, exemption now I'm
1: starting to see a picture being painted stephen
0: you know, and so, Because so, that's the benefit. In Australia, of course, churches, um, uh, places of, of religion and faith and those sorts of things can gain uh, charitable or tax-free status around stuff that they do connected to the worship and those sorts of things. But the money that people give them is not a tax deduction. You can't go Mm. and say, give me my my giving receipts like World Vision or or whatever, and that becomes a deduction. In America, you absolutely can. Wow! Um, So that becomes a big part of it. And and now I'm not going to say that there aren't heaps and heaps and heaps of people who are very um, direct and very sincere about the way they express their faith. There are. Um, I would say that there are an amount of people that attend church, I couldn't give you any kind of figure authoritatively, uh, but an amount of people that go and give the money just because it works for them and their accountant. Um, Or because it gets them into the social platform or the social status, the class within the community that they want to be seen to have. Or it works for them politically. Or it works for them uh, in any number of ways. It's all of that kind of stuff that plays out so... Christian music is considered, you know, as a part of the MTV and Billboard Awards and all of those sorts of things, right? Um, uh, you know, awards... Hillsong won an award at... Um, was it the Billboard Awards last year? For an album that they put out. God. Because that's the thing, right? They have... Like, we have Christian radio stations in Australia here, and broadly, they're all on community licenses. In America, it's business. So it's the business of church and religion in America is huge. So, to be able to attract people that want to find other people of faith, uh, and when you've got 330 million people, it's really easy for you to get, let's be conservative, uh, 5,000 of it's them. It's a big niche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You could start Christians who only have one leg and one com as a dating website, and you'd probably get about 1,000 to 1,500 people in mm-hmm. a heartbeat. Yep.
1: So, but look, I, look, I just love the idea that uh, you know a, a a website which would no doubt be um, roundly condemned <laughs> is owning another website which would probably be getting a tick because it's you know helping keep Christian couples, yeah, you know, like like helping to create Christian couples. <laughs> Well, it,
0: that's and that's the other. I mean, if you wanted to be sort of somewhat even more sceptical about it, that's right. You're 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 only drinking milk from a Christian cow. You know, you're keeping it in the brotherhood within the faith and ensuring that we're going to have a new generation of Christians by making sure this good Christian man marries this good Christian woman and they have good Christian sex to get good Christian babies.
1: But, but Steve. That just doesn't square up with, with what I've been hearing about white genocide on the internet. Well, it doesn't work as far as
0: how do we grow faith if we're going to go down the cult path. Um, oh, boy. But yeah, it's, it's I, re- I really do enjoy my, do- my job, Dave. It's just really challenging when I'm expected to have to come up. I'm probably in, and I'm going to say this guardedly, I'm probably in the wrong job. I'm in the right job because I love the chance to be an advocate and to get under people's skin and every chance I get... To use the platform and the megaphone to shout about how great the young people are in our church because particularly within the uniting church uh and again these are generalizations they care about issues of social justice they care about refugees they care about wanting to see that sort of stuff change they care about uh lgbti community and they want to see them be in a position where they are valued and treated like every other normal human in australia and not, you know, set apart or, or you know ostracized or, or those kinds of things. Um, they want to engage in uh, issues of climate uh, and and po- how that relates to us as humans, and also in the po- the political angle about that. So they're very motivated in that as much as they are about their faith and sincerely wanting to do the best that they believe God is calling them to do. That's awesome to be engaged in and part of that. When I work in the office, however, the model that we follow is that. People in the office generally, air quotes, don't do anything. We support, we uh, advocate, we resource, but it's not—it's—it's it's a rarity that I'm allowed to air quotes do anything because of how our system works. Other churches are like, fine, you work at the state level, go and do things, you know, bring all of these leaders together and make that stuff happen. But a long a while ago, the United Church particularly said, no, no, the congregations, which is the local level. And the presbyteries, the regional level, that's where the stuff happens. The state level, we just are about leveraging the power of the combined benefits. So we, you know, we look after insurance because it's easy for a few people to look after all of the church's insurances. Um, we look after pay because that's the easy way to handle it for everybody. We look after so when it comes to MOLC being connected to youth work and youth ministry and stuff, I have to have good relationships with the people that are doing it. But there's no real mainly there's no expectation that Mog does stuff other than you know connect them find ways to do stuff and that's not my vibe right my vibe is to go and be in relationship and get to know these people and encourage them and push them forward and say hey this is your opportunity go and be involved in that stuff and that's i'm trying to swing the job to be more like that <laughs> Well, well,
1: mate, then what you need to do is make that part of the strategy document. <laughs> well, that's exactly
0: right. That's what I'm trying to write in is that go and do stuff um, and less of the um, uh, developer resource. Yeah. Who wants to do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that, that, that's it. And especially when you've got to know in the back of your mind that whatever you develop is going to be very much like, you know, yeah, like, hello, fellow young people. <laughs> oh, and, and
0: we'll be torn apart by anybody that... You know, has any co- It's such. The one thing I do notice, particularly in church circles, and it's not, this is not just the one that I work for, but lots of church circles. Passive aggression is an art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you've done a very good job with that, but you don't seem to have considered all of these things.
1: Blah.
0: <laughs> whatever. Uh, Where were you when I was writing this? And don't be so cynical about it. Now get stuffed.
1: Look, yeah, it could be worse. You could, yeah, be in, in in a an environment where you just have you know three hundred emails going back and forth to explain to everyone why it's no one's responsibility to do anything, but everyone also is responsible for making sure that the, this upset person is, is is dealt with as soon as possible. Mate, oh, I would just
0: I would woo. use the power to send an email from somebody in another country that there are parking expectors outside <laughs> to the all staff list. <laughs>
1: Oh, boy. I'm that
0: kind of, we we'll watch the world burn kind of guy. Yeah. It's, oof, gotta love it. You know what I could do with, though, I tell you? What, what, what could you do? Either in the this? scope of this strategy document or just in my life, I could do with an extra $150,000. <laughs> what, personally? <or laughs> oh, that maybe Channel 7 Sunday night might give me to talk about <laughs> um, an interview that nobody asked for that apparently is the only way I'm going to get the media off my back.
1: Yeah. Bloody that hell. Might.
0: Have you seen, today, Barnaby's come out <laughs> yes, and said that Vicky made him do it. God, somebody, Vicky, if you're listening, and we know you are, just slap him about the face and tell him to stop talking to the press. Like, you used to be a media advisor. You used to be his media advisor. <laughs> Back tell when him you to shut quote, up.
1: You know, taking the taxpayer's coin when perhaps you shouldn't have been. But...
0: Tell him to stop talking. Oh, like, man. And I loved it, Med Channel 7 sizzled that, you know, we're going to show the first, you know, first parts of the interview. They showed Vicky Campion say one thing and it was basically, um, I couldn't help but fall, you don't control who you fall in love with. I've got three things wrong with that statement,
1: Vicky. <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated to hear that, Stephen. You, you start me.
0: One, you do control who you fall in love with. That's called Self-control. Two, he was married and you knew his wife. So when you were thinking all of these hot, horny thoughts about Barnaby Joyce of all people, (laughs) you would have had visions of his four teenage daughters and his wife connected to that. Ergo, you have a choice. Uh, Third, you just have a choice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear.
0: It's diabolical. This is the same man who said to journalists out of his human mouth that he might not be the dad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, pardon me, but for fuck's sake. Yeah, he's, um... For
1: for someone who, uh, his own side of politics have loved to label Australia's best retail politician for years, Uh, he certainly seems very, very bad at, like, uh, detecting the mood of the electorate
0: doesn't he and he's just gotten worse at it I don't know whether he's not sleeping because there's a newborn in the house um, or what's going okay, on again
1: he's kind of got to take the rap for that like yeah. they didn't have to be a newborn in the
0: house I mean if you're a believer in karma you'd say that the bus has turned up and there was a bus on the back um <laughs> He's getting double doses. Uh, Turnbull came out and sort of said, when they asked, someone asked him about it today, and he said, oh, I'll be having a conversation with Barnaby privately. Uh, and, oh, jeepers. Um, mind oh, you.
1: What's he going to do? Hello, backbencher from a party that I that obviously you know, is holding me hostage. Yeah, <laughs> you know? listen, he yeah, used to yeah. be the Deputy
0: Prime Minister. What are you doing? Can you stop it? No, okay.
1: Yeah, good luck with that. Fair dinkum. Unbelievable. <sighs> Just
0: utterly, utterly shameless. And that they think. I love that. That I love that he and his Campion now think that this interview will be the end of it. That is one hundred percent not no. true.
1: That is absolutely. It, it is just a signal to every other network to go. It is yep. now open season because I mean, just like you were talking about Channel Nine trying to do the spoilers on. Uh, on Channel 7 over the Commonwealth Games. Mm. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that happens all the time. As soon as one network, you know, bags a, a, a big interview, one that, you know, they've usually all been chasing, the very yep. next step is that everyone who missed out rushes to find, a, like, a rubbishing spoiler uh, story yep. that they can put out before um, the, the, they can get the, uh, the, the, the talent to air. Um like it happens every single time. So like it would not surprise me in the least to see Channel 9 have something blow up on Friday or Saturday on their news with who knows what. Oh um, no, the
0: get no the get now is the former Mrs. Oh Joyce. yeah, absolutely. That she I, is the one that you want front and center. I think she's too classy for that to be honest well, with you. Well this
1: is the thing I think she's too classy but I think and and, and self-interest look to be honest, self-interest for her also is that you know, like she's entitled to, to uh you know half and then some of of uh oh yeah of, of and then some of uh all of barnaby's uh income and and uh you know there's you know, going to be a, a property Surely settlement she gets and what of this 150k so, so, so let let let's be sure that she's going to want to ensure uh that barnaby is at least an, has capacity to um you know pay into that Um, before any property settlements happen. So, you know, I'm sure that that would not be her primary thought. I'm sure that just not wanting to be involved in a public soap opera would be, be, that'd be enough. Um, But you you would have to also be thinking if he turns
0: into a pauper overnight, that's not good for me either. Well, that's right. I mean, surely she's got, because I would assume we haven't heard, they're not legally divorced yet. The settlements are still going on. So, uh, and a part of that will be, of course, the ongoing maintenance for the remaining daughters under the age of 18, plus all, as you, as you said, the splitting of the assets, including his very generous Polly super that is sitting away, tucked away. He's, how long was he Deputy Prime Minister? Oh, yeah, a few years. Hardly. Yeah, so he will have the megabucks, let alone anything else he's poured into it. Given that she's his first slash only wife, she gets half plus of that. Yeah. So, yep. mate, like, it is it's a, it is a long way sideways. Mm-hmm. She just gets to be... I can play it classy and straight and not say anything, and then as soon as it's finished, as soon as it's settled and everything's agreed to, then I go hunting. Or then I let my manager go and find somebody yep. that wants to get the exclusive interview, my side of the story. Let the dogs out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on the, for young yeah. and old.
1: But in the meantime, yeah, it, it, it would be... It, Obviously, the, the, the smart thing to just be quiet. And and the other thing is, uh, it's not like she needs to go out there to make him look bad. <laughs> like no. He's doing a very good all job of that by all himself. By himself. Uh, he has, and a, you know, it gets he has me. a talent for
0: it. Like, I, I, I don't know what Mrs, uh, the former Mrs. Joyce's job was prior to her starting a family, uh, but whether she's taking uh, media advice or she's just doing it of her own volition and intelligence, uh, so far she seems to be doing a hell of a lot better than the former media professional who is now sleeping with her ex-husband as far as knowing what to do and when to say things. Let's be blunt.
1: Given the number of people who are hired in, like, federal government ministers' offices as, like, spin doctors, and I think last time someone had a look at, you know, Peter Dutton's department, there was something like 30 or 40 spin doctors. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the bar is set particularly high. No, it's really <laughs> legit. <laughs> it's, uh, so, you know, yeah. Uh, and the, and the, other, the other side of that is that for every uh, advisor who is someone who has a particular uh, policy now so, or uh, particular insight, you can mm. show that there is another one, maybe two, who are there because they are connected in the party? They are a mate of the uh, the representative. You know there there is going to be more to it, um, because all of that sort of staffing in in offices uh, is, is effectively um, at the whim of the government. Like they can put their mm-hmm. own rules in place about you know you know the do's and don'ts. Like obviously there are things like you know they've said that you can't employ your spouse or your children or, or that sort of thing. Uh, And I think now, I think they've sort of, uh, I don't know if they've completely stopped it, but they have at least made it harder for uh, people to just employ each other's spouses slash children because that used to be a bit of a lurk as well. Um, But, uh, you know, beyond that, there's not an enormous amount of scrutiny. The the people in those offices aren't... um, they're not held to the, the Public Service Code of Conduct or anything along those lines. Um, they, they don't have to go through public service hiring procedures, which, mm-hmm. it, which again, is how uh, Ms. Campion got uh, bounced along from office to office after it was made yeah, clear that, it, that, was, was diabolical, no, that it? it was not appropriate for her to be in Barnaby's office anymore. Uh, hey, bingo, you know, all of a sudden, someone who only had one media advisor now has two.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's... And and this is all before Dave, all before we start talking about the fact that I think it was Hamish Macdonald raised. How is a politician who is already being paid in government funds, public purse stuff, accepting a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for an interview from I a mean,
1: um, yeah from a media company that you know he will have a vote on um, you know, legislation? Surrounding there will be something them.
0: come through that he that's right. He has to have a say about, and um, he will. It's not like he's going to recuse himself from the vote. No, that's right, he won't run out of the bloody house when it turns up, will he, jerk? Nope, nope. It's, it is don't... ludicrous that it's allowed to happen. But
1: we, we don't need a federal uh, integrity body, though, Steve.
0: No, we don't. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, mate. Let's not talk about politics now, David. Just just depressing me. <sighs> right. I was hoping that we would have had a spill or something interesting happen by now, but we're still just waiting out another bloody election, which will just be a, a shit show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, oh, apparently this is just breaking news for our conversation. Barnaby Joyce has taken extended personal leave effective immediately. Again? He's gonna be on leave for eleven weeks. Oh, returning wow. for the August sitting of Parliament. <laughs> what a what a life that guy lives. The people in New England are getting good value out of him, aren't they? Mate. <laughs> send more drones up, people. More people need to camp outside Armadale Airport when they know he's coming home. Oh boy. Ugh, shudder. Um I am testing my luck um, mm-hmm. such that it is. Uh, when I got home from church on Sunday because I rode my bike, uh, normally I've got a bit of a procedure, you know push the bo- you know, lean the bike over, take the keys out, helmet off gloves off, helmet off, jacket off, go inside, get on with life. Um, this is not the first time that I've done this, but I forgot one of those key steps, um, Dave. And uh, I noticed when I took the keys off the keyring to take the kids to tennis tonight Mm. that my motorcycle keys weren't hanging there. Oh, no. And I went, where are my keys? In your bike? Michelle said, are they not in your jacket pocket? Which is where I keep them whenever I go out. Mm. They're going to a pocket. Uh, And I said, well, I'll check that after I go and check my bike. So having left my keys in the bike (laughs) meant that the battery
1: was flat. Oh, no. Well, it could have been worse. At least someone didn't, like, ride off with the damn
0: thing. <laughs> oh, mate, I have to say, at this point, if they did, I mean, <laughs> insurance claim would be amazing. I'd get the bike i have been lusting over for six months. Um, so I plugged it into the uh, the tender, the battery tender that I got, because I, I had to get it, particularly for when I was travelling overseas, because there would be long periods when I wasn't riding it um, to just keep the battery alive, because it's 300 and something bucks to replace a bloody Harley battery. It's ludicrous money. Um, I plugged it in tonight and I turned it on and uh, no light came on on the tender. Uh. That was not a good sign. Um, so I'm at tennis watching the kids furiously Googling. Oh, how can I get a new battery in this bug? I, I have to go to work because I work from home today because we got our um, meter replaced. There's a smart meter at our house now, Dave. Oh,
1: um,
0: and I'm looking forward to the benefit of that. Oh, mate, we haven't talked about my power meter issues. Oh my gosh. Um, It'll have to be next time. Um, so I plugged it in and I found a place and I went, oh, you'll need to let us know the exact number and all those sorts of things. Huh. Um, text Michelle, I said, look, can you just go and have a look? If it's working, um, there'll be an orange light on the tender. And if, there's, if it's not working, there'll be no light or it'll be flashing or something. And she came and said, oh, no, no, there's a solid orange light on. I went, oh, you little beauty. So it is charging, which means it can't have been totally flat, or at least it was. This model tender, I think, can handle charging back from flat. My problem is that I didn't put it on until about 5 o'clock, and I need to mm. ride it tomorrow at about 7 o'clock. That's yeah. at best 14 hours when it probably needs about 20. Yeah, you... I might get to work, <laughs> but not get home from work.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like your like. Well, can can you take the battery tender with you and like plug it in? I think I am gonna have to. I think yeah. I am
0: gonna have to take it with me, um, and arrange with the the because we've got a like janitor guy at work to just say, look, can I where can I park this so I can plug this into power? Because um, otherwise, I won't get home.
1: See, <laughs> I kind of feel your pain, although you know you are a bit more proactive than I am because I think the battery for my bl- bike has now been flat for a little bit over 18 months.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a replacement job, Dave.
1: I'm aware of that. And replacing the battery and selling my bike has been on my to-do list for about
0: 18 months. <laughs> oh, look, and unless your bike is in immaculate condition, buying a new battery just to sell your bike is kind of going to feel counterproductive.
1: Oh, look, it has to happen. Oh, look, the, yeah. the, bike, the bike's in good nick and it's got low case and I'm sure it'll be great for someone. It's a beautiful bike, it's just that I never ride it because... Now my kids, I, I I'm involved in their lives on the yeah. weekend because when they were little, it was really easy to go. Well, I'm just gonna go for a ride for a few hours, and that's just not the world I live in anymore. Well,
0: it's not like your son like just plays a normal position on the field either. <laughs> no. like, he's got a huge bag of crap that he has to carry.
1: Yep. Oh God, Steve. Speaking of that, I was catching up with some of the other dads from uh, you know our our mum's group from when Ruth yes. was first born. And one of them pointed out, and this, oh God, so this is a couple of weeks ago, so it'll be worse now. He was pointing out, he goes, oh, it's 130 weeks until our boys get their license, and I'm just oh, like, oh, shut up. No, no. Don't say it like that. That makes it sound really close. <laughs>
0: it's
1: uh, like, so it would now be about 128 weeks.
0: Yeah, well, look, and th- that, that's the size of it, right? Like, Luke turns 13, We he turned 13 this May, past, and when I got my... Last license, which was 18 plus months ago, I looked at it and I looked at when it's next due again and I went, oh, crap. When I go to get my license renewed, Luke will be coming with me to get his L's.
1: Uh, That's a horrid thought, Stephen. I I don't like it. I do not like it. I'm
0: very uncomfortable with it. Deeply uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And and look I've got the, the, this added bit of confusion, you know, based off my own you know, growing up experiences. So, firstly, how do you teach a child to drive if you don't have a farm where you can go and like let them loose on the paddocks? I know! <laughs> because that, that's, that was my experience. So, I could drive well and truly before I got anywhere near a road. Um, <laughs> which, which, to be honest, seemed
0: like a really, really good idea. But I'm not quite sure how to replicate that. Well, I, I, like when I, because I learned to drive on the Sunshine Coast, uh, but back when that was a thing, uh, oh, look, I think Sunday trading wasn't a thing, not permanently. So we had very large shopping centers that had very empty car parks. Mm. That for the first few times behind the wheel, it was like dad said, right, I'll drive you down here. Let's go. You're driving. I want you to do this. I want you to... And we didn't get above probably 15Ks an hour. But we did that stuff before I then got into someone else's, like a learner, driver, teacher car mm-hmm. um, to do that stuff. Now I'm looking around and going, well, there's a bit of that car park over there near that school and not much else.
1: I taught Rach to drive.
0: What? She's Rach. not that much of a child bride. No, no, she's older than I am. That sort of. Did she.
1: How she, does that work? She did not have her license so and so she was a country girl, yeah, yeah, but but just never learnt to drive, so we were at uni uh and so by that stage, oh again, you know, in the in the, the glorious olden days when you didn't have to have your peas for forever, um, I already had my full license, so I got to teach Rach to drive, which let me tell you, hill starts clutches quite a few tears. Oh. God. Turns out I might not have been uh, the most patient <laughs> driving instructor.
0: Oh, imagine what Rupert Kall is staring down. But um, well, the important thing is that you did survive, and you guys are married. Like still, the, your relationship survived that, it, it, it which is great. Did. It did. But yeah, no, it's not something I'd encourage people to do. Like, don't teach your spouse how to drive if they haven't got their license. You know, someone had to teach her, so yeah, might as well have been the me. Man, brother, <laughs> that's what driving schools are for. Oh, that's what you you pay the money. Oh, well, uh, yes. As uni students, we had heaps of spare no, cash. I, hear that. <laughs> I hear that loud and clear. But i got to tell you, that's it's mum and dad's responsibility in part for that. Ah, oh, yeah. That's where you hit up the in laws and say, "Look, I really think that Rachel needs to get some driving lessons." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, or
0: more time back on the farm, and you guys teach you how to bloody do it like you should have in the first place.
1: Well, this is the thing: like, like they didn't really have a farm farm per se, but they did have like a, a like a big, uh, like multi hectare sort of hobby farm style block. So the, 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 it they was, had quiet country roads, mate. That too. You just they, drive they, out a bit and go right. Well, see what used to happen with me was, and again, like, <laughs> so we we had the the car yard obviously. Um, my, my folks did when i was growing up and and so we generally had you know a nice car mm. and this was the case right up until the moment that i got my ills, <laughs> <laughs> at which point all of a sudden we went from having nice cars to having like like they, they were still relatively new but they weren't but they, they were like you know they, they were the bottom of the barrel <laughs> all of a hmm. sudden <laughs> let me tell you I did feel slighted because as soon as I got my own car, got my license, uh, all of a sudden mum and dad went from having, you know, like poverty pack Commodores to getting like Statesmen again. And it's just like, hang on, (laughs) could you try to not be quite so bloody blatant about this? Anyway. um, But so when I first got my L's, dad switched out his car for an old uh, Ford ute. And this thing had a clutch that was almost burnt out. And it had a three-speed column shift manual gearbox Gosh. so what would happen would be either mum or dad would drive me out to uh, my uncle morrie's farm uh and they would just hop out of the car and <laughs> be like right tell me when you're done <laughs> they would catch up with someone and i would just go tearing around the paddock yeah. huge, oh. awesome yes so yeah for sure
0: and a good- it's in that that you work out where the limits of the car are in part and where your skill limits are because you go, oh, I'll just put my foot down and turn the wheel and get it to kick the back out and slide and you go, oh, hang on, I can't control that bit. Oh no. Okay, so I know that when I do this, I need to be like this. You just learn how to drive properly.
1: Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. And Yeah, and I sort of go, oh, that that that, that was a great thing to do but yeah, one, uh, I don't have a farm. <laughs> don't don't have, and, and the closest thing to a farm that any of my friends have is a, a block that is ridiculously steep and covered in rocks. Oh, yeah, so, it's not. So not it is really not an option. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Anyway, a problem for 128 weeks away, Steve. 128 weeks.
0: Not that <sighs> I'm counting. Gosh. Oh, boy. I don't even think I want to contemplate that. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that can happen in 128 weeks. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm suggesting, but a lot can happen.
1: Uh, look, even if there's nuclear war between uh, North Korea and the USA, you're still going to need to learn how to drive.
0: <laughs> oh, see, I don't know, man. If, if the apocalypse does come, and we're the ones that are Survivor, Survivors Mad Max style, I don't think there'll be cops pulling people over for licence checks. <laughs> but you still need to learn. <laughs> I mean, well, you just learn wherever you freaking want. At that point, <laughs> you can learn driving through the local Westfield, and I don't mean the car park.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, he's a very Blues Brothers take on it. <laughs> so good. Uh, I love yeah. that open chase scene. That's excellent. It is good. It is good. oh boy. Um, what else? I I had other stuff to tell you, and it, I've, I've lost it. I've completely lost it. Anyway.
0: Um, are you a PUBG or a Fortnite guy?
1: Uh, I haven't played either. Rupert plays both. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way I waste time is by playing Clash Royale on my phone. Nice. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, which is good. It's you know, a great way to waste a bunch of time. And so far, I've been able to uh, avoid the temptation to, you know, drop a whole bunch of money on, you know, on in-app purchases. So thus far, it's still a, an inexpensive uh, waste of time and attention.
0: But, uh...
1: I've, I've,
0: I've, I've played a little bit of Fortnite. I've played um, so on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've played a little bit of PUBG on the Xbox. I hate both on the platform because, A, I'm useless. B, it just feels wrong. It feels kludgy. Um, uh, I haven't played Fortnite on my iPad. I've played Acres too much pubg on my ipad uh, and i get that it seems weird right because i love playing games i'm used to a, a console controller and those sorts of things mm-hmm. on the ipad it just makes sense you know everybody has the same limits it's not like you know you can go and get a, a, a controller for your ipad that allows you to sit there and have better control of it no, no it's all just a touchscreen thing so everybody is doing it as good as everybody else now there are some people who are somehow bloody amazing Um, at headshots from a million metres away uh, on an iPad, which I don't understand how that works. But it's just fun. Like, it's just easy, jump in, run around, shoot people, get angry at at other people because they're not doing what you want or uh, because they're playing the game in a way that is against the spirit of the game. Um, But I, I just... I just enjoy it. In fact, my son came in and said, Oh, what, what what, rating are you up to this season? I went, Oh, have a look. And I think it says like Gold 3 or something already. I went, Oh, man, I've got to catch up. For <laughs> the first I, time in my life, I think I'm beating him at a game.
1: I haven't even finished Zelda yet. I haven't even been playing anything. Oh, you know, All those afternoons where I used to sort of go, Oh, all well, my work's done. Oh, there's no ironing. Oh, well,
0: ah, I'll just sit down for an hour or they They're gone. Gone. Yeah, they have vanished for you because there's always email. Mm. There is always email for you. Stephen,
1: I I was only gone for two days. Like, I was away last Friday because I went to the Whitlams and and then off work yesterday for jury duty. Uh, I got back this morning to like
0: 70 emails and I'm just like, this isn't fair. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And about of those 70, only 20 are like all staff or large group. Oh, no, not even that many. It's just. Anyway. Uh, uh, Well, the good news is just on a a Zelda update for you Mm. and anyone that cares. (laughs) <laughs> the, I, the, 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 the next expansion's coming soon isn't it god please please let it come soon because I have done uh, this is where I'm at I've completed all of the the, the master sword trials so I've now got the super powered special Ooh, sword yep um, I've the, which got you don't
1: my, need because you've already <laughs> knocked off I've Calamity Ganon it. that's right
0: I've already, <laughs> yeah. and now Calamity Ganon fight will be two minutes Just bang 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 slash slash hack done um, but uh, I am am gonna...
1: still in the middle level of that, and I'm uh, uh, I'm getting about 4 oh, it's frustrating. I'm getting about four temples in before it completely yeah, just... it's frustrating. Mm. There's moments mm. where you just go...
0: Like the last one, the advanced trials, um, it got so bad for me at one stage that I just went, oh, man. There's like, I think in the final, in the master level, the advanced level, there's like 13 or 14 different areas. Mm-hmm. And I'd managed to get through like the top eight or nine so many times. I was just like, oh, go here, do this, whatever, blah blah. Right, it's next, brutal, isn't it? Next, it's horrible. Yeah, because there's just no saving on it, and yeah. and you are at the mercy of. Right, I've got to run over here, get this, kill that person, get this, do this, let them fire some arrows, collect the arrows, um, all that stuff. Horrible. Um, but I've done, I've done all of that. I've got my horse motorbike. Um, I've Your horse motorbike. There's a horse motorbike. You complete some part of something, and you get given a horse motorbike. I've got all of the hearts possible. I've found every temple, finally. In fact, it took, I just, I got home from church one afternoon. I said, oh, I just want to play um, this for a while. Michelle went, yeah, all right. So I think, apart from stopping for lunch for half an hour, I think I had like an epic six hour Zelda (laughs) session where I literally just walked around everywhere. I was just going, I Mm. need to find, no, I had one temple left. Oh, God. And I had checked online references and I had done everything and I, could, I still can't find it. And then I got up on top of this big snowy mountain and so I'll just go and check over this section and as I'm floating along and I just saw this flash of orange and I went, no, it can't be. And it was, it was basically tucked away, hidden under a thing. Oh, dun,
1: is it? Is, is, is that the one that they tell you to find from the Rideau village where you've got to fly up and it looks like there's a big bird on the side of the mountain but when you duck down, like there's a the temple buried underground. Is it that one?
0: No, that, that was an easy one. Uh, this Ooh. is a different one. Oh no. But I've, I'm going through the thing and I think I've, I've done 47 of 48 adventures. Um, <sighs> like the, and, and now I've gone, Oh, so I've got to go to every bloody village and find everybody and see if anyone challenges me to something to do. Oh God. Um, and, but of course the, the Kariko seeds, mm-hmm. um, you could walk around that thing seven times and not find yep. all of them. There's like 900 of them. Yep. Ludicrous. Uh, but I've got a good collection of weapons. I've got um, a house now um, with a some house? good things hanging on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that you end up buying a house that someone built for you, That's and pretty- you can hang um, weapons on display in the house that you can then go back and get at any time. Oh, I need to spend some more time... Oh. Yeah, it's super fun. But I'm I'm just now going, how much do I commit to this without knowing if there's any more um, DLC, if there's DLC coming. No, there's there's more more DLC coming. Oh, thank God. Hmm. I love that game too much now, Dave. I think I'm about 250 hours deep. (laughs) (laughs) It's just horrible. Oh, wow.
1: That's that's pretty good effort. That's that's kind of like Fallout type, you know.
0: Well, this is my fear. When we got the Switch, I'm denied about getting Game of the Year edition of Fallout 4 and I went, oh it's oh, good well this is the thing i know it's good but i, went, oh, I probably shouldn't and i'm glad i didn't because i if i've spent 250 hours on zelda mm. and there's more hours to come could you imagine how much i wouldn't see of my family <laughs> if i'd gotten fallout 4 as well
1: yeah oh look when fallout 4 came out i just basically had to start like running on almost no sleep because i I was sort to of yeah. jump on when everyone was going to bed and then like put Two or three hours in,
0: but again that was different in my last job where (laughs) I had you know anywhere between four to six hours when I was at home to just do whatever I wanted.
1: Yeah, which was also the case back in the day when Fallout Four came out for me too. (laughs) Not so much anymore. I've got video games I got I got given for Christmas that I haven't even put in the Xbox yet,
0: Dave. So, I will yeah. offer that Infinity War prompted me to get into Marvel Superheroes two, Lego Marvel Superheroes Two. Oh yep. And I'm now I've played it through once and I'm now going through to complete the levels to get all of the um, cubes like the the bricks, the Deadpool bricks and stuff so that I can get all of the extra parts and complete that just in time for I think it's Monday week, Lego the Incredibles comes out. Ooh. Cannot wait for that. It looks great. Because they've not just done it as a Lego thing, but they've done it in almost the style, like the visual style of the movies. Like that great kind of 60s rounded. It it looks great. That will be interesting. And they're supers, right? So you get all the superpowers. Nice. Yeah, amazing.
1: All right. You've convinced me. I'm going to go play the Switch.
0: Do it. I might go and do it now as well.
1: All righty. I love you, Steve. Love you too, Dave. Let's talk again in a couple of weeks. Oh, can we? Let's see how that goes. All right. No, no. no. We'll lock it in.
0: Just don't go to the Gold Coast.
1: I won't. I won't. Or if I do, I won't tell you.
0: (laughs) Don't let me find out. (laughs) Bye, Steve. Bye, Dave.